Okay, Malu, fact or fiction? Is it 60 degrees in Vermont at Christmas? I don't fucking know. As far as fiction. I'm concerned, <laughs> fiction. We're calling it fiction. Yes, it is. I graduated with an engineering degree. I fooled them all. <laughs> because she's a real pony. Because she honestly believes all this phony junk that she believes. I mean it. Yeah, no, we're like friends, I guess. I don't know. Friends? I guess. We're collaborators. To you. <laughs> it's to you. To you. <laughs> really surprised. I was like, wait, isn't Vermont one of the fucking cold places? <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, on the map, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty high. Yeah, it's in the northeast, is right? It's there's, right by Maine. There's no reason for it to not be cold, like, other than global warming, but that wasn't a thing back in the 50s. That wasn't, that wasn't there then. <laughs> no, 1954 fiction. <laughs> fiction. He gets off and they're like, oh, I should have brought a bathing suit. <laughs> Just let's relax. <laughs> I love your old timey voice. Oh, I should have bought a bathing suit. Oh, it's like the one. I, there's a name for it. It's called the. Um, oh shit, the co coastal. It's made up. Anyway, the whole thing is that that accent is completely made up, just for like films and shit and I radio. If there's and one then thing everyone about- everyone talked like that back then, but that's not the case. I just love it. I love the way that they speak in old movies. It makes me silly. Like, if there's one thing me from the too. time I would, I wish we would bring back, it's exclusively that. Maybe some of the clothes, but you know, I'm fine. Stacy, write this down. <laughs> Malu, write this down. <laughs> where's like, the bathing suit? Where's the sun? <laughs> Don't I would, get, I would get out of bed All just to speak words. to people like that. <laughs> me too, honestly. And with that introduction, welcome to AP Film. Taught by film school professionals. I am Katie Kometz. I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm a filmmaker. And I am Malu Mirones, your other host who loves film but is currently struggling because, hey, film school's fucking expensive and we're in the middle of a pandemic. And it's final season. (laughs) Exactly, and I'm not studying film. (laughs) Yeah, which means it's hard. <laughs> Very hard. It's tough, man. It's tough. How are you doing? Are you getting through it? You know what? I'm getting through it. I've got two more left, and I'm just vibing. I'm vibing by this yeah. point. Bro, but I was going to say, if you got two left, it's vibe time. You got to just ride that wave. <laughs> Katie, Katie, Katie. got to be Katie. in that. Katie, say that again. Say, if you have two left. If you have two left. <laughs> More like two left feet. Oh. 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 So burn. It's nineteen fifty-four. and Mally only has two left feet. <laughs> she can't dance for her life. <laughs> Katie, can I pay you to narrate my daily living with that voice? I would voice? love that. Please I would love you. that. I will take every penny you give me. I will pay you <laughs> in valuable items. That sounds good. I'm... I'm in with that. Emotional value, I mean. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Let's I'll have my people call your people about that. Great, yeah. <laughs> that's how you and, and that's how you make deals in the business. The business. The this business. is the business world. This is how you we make what? movies. Well, you know what other deal in the business we should make? 
What? Should make a deal with our audiences so they go check us out on our Instagram at Film School Professionals. But more importantly, yeah. so they go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Oh, go do oh, that. Yeah, you freaking bet. Yeah, let's make leave a deal, us a guys. review. I make a deal that you leave us a review and follow us on Instagram, and I will narrate Malu's life. Yes, and re- uh, upload it as an episode. <gasps> That's it. That seems fair. What else do you right? want? Yeah, I mean, as, I as a class, what else could you ask for? Absolutely nothing. Nothing else. Maybe about talking about some movies? What do you think? Is that what they're here for? No, probably not. At this point, no way. Do you know what they are here for, though? What? That's fucking right. It's the holiday season. It's the holiday hey. season. Ooh. And loop-dee-doo, dippity-dop. Don't forget to be happy. Make something up. Okay, yeah, sure. We can do that. We can also, be happy. just as a like, small disclosure, I fully understand that we're using the word holiday, but most of the movies we've seen so far are usually Christmas-centered. That and is I think that's just because both Katie and I celebrate... I mean, Katie, you celebrate Christmas, right? Yes. Okay. I do as well. I, I celebrate it more like as a commercial holiday, the, the fun movie part. That's what I like. <laughs> Yeah, um, honestly, same. But if you guys have point. any recommendations for movies that are holiday movies that aren't about Christmas, I've never really been across one. I would love to do that. I also would love to do that. Expose me to other parts of life, please. So mine gets boring. Right, Malu? <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is boring? One of the movies we're talking about oh this week. My oh, my God. God. <laughs> is it? It's so boring. Like, it's incredible, like, how these two movies were around the same length, and yet the one that was longer felt shorter because it was well-written and well-made. I swear to God, I thought White Christmas was three three goddamn hours long. (laughs) It was the longest movie. It was longer than any Tarantino movie I've ever seen, (laughs) which says a lot. From me, that says a lot. So, so, so Malu, we're doing White Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life this, that this is episode correct. because it is the holiday season for AP Film and we're doing a classics episode. So we went all the way back to the oldies oldies and what we really found was some things have stood the test of time, but others most certainly did not age well. <laughs> Looking at you, White <laughs> Christmas, and we'll talk about what? why in a minute. Uh, yeah, I agree. I I don't have too much against It's a Wonderful Life, but uh, White Christmas. They have a few things to pick a bone with. I I, I would love life. to, but hear they're, them. they're they're relatively small things compared to, to com- exactly White exactly. Christmas. I, that's probably why I, I once I'm comparing, <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, and then so, we'll just talk about uh, other stuff about the movies about you know how one is like the most wholesome like Christmas film, and how the other one was just a ride of boredom. And confusion. And it's not even fucking about Christmas. Can we talk about that then, too? White Christmas has nothing to do that it's, like, about Christmas, aside from that it just happens. Yes, that is it. That is all that matters. And they're like, it's about the snow. We want to be in the snow at Christmas time. That is it. That's it. I would love to rewrite that movie and just pick apart the things that work. In other words, just one half of the couple's. And just completely let go of the rest. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to get into all that. And after we get into that, we have a game. Oh, my God. And who's playing the game uh-huh. this week, Katie? Oh, Malu's playing the game this week, Excited. everybody. 
I'm also excited. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not playing it. Yeah. I don't have I don't have the mental capacity to play a game tonight. The so before we get into all that dress and you see <laughs> Malu make a bad movie. Thank I'm you. gonna break the ice with you, Malu. Oh, Are you do ready? Because it. it is kinda cold unless you're in Vermont in 1945. That's right. And if it's then, it's apparently 60 degrees. Except for Christmas Day. Except for Christmas Eve. At that point, it starts snowing. Like, you know, it's been snowing for the entire week. Like, it's a... Yeah, right? And he goes, don't worry. We're going to get eight inches tomorrow. And then she goes, really? And he's like, we learned to talk about things that... Fucking, what's he say? About the... Oh, we learned to talk about things that we know nothing about in war. And I'm like, ooh. All right. I'm so exhausted. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. All right, Malu. What is your guardian angel like in one sentence? Un- unfettered. Is that a word? That's a word, yes. Unfettered. Unfettered? Is that is that your final answer? No, it's just the first thing that came to my mind. And my, my brain says, say it. It's a pretty word. Um, <laughs> what's my guardian angel like in a sentence? Yeah. I feel like my guardian angel in a sentence is, and I'm going to reference this real quick, it's in a way, um, it's very similar to, to Spider-Man in the sense that like, if, you, if, you, if you're familiar with the character and it's his, his lifespan, you'll know that the majority of the time the gist with Spider-Man is that things never go right for the poor guy. So like, whenever something goes right, another thing right away goes wrong as a result or in direct or in some relation to the thing that went right. So he's constantly going like, yay, oh, but no. So I feel like Margaret and my garden is a little bit like that, where like they're above me and they're like, yay, good for you. And they're like, oh, but now you're lonely, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no I mean, they're not, I'm just, oh, my God, no. <laughs> I get the example. I kind of feel that. I feel like that's how my life goes, too. But I feel like that's just the balance of life, you know? You give and you get. You, you give and you, you get as soon as you <laughs> solve one. Another one. Another comes your way. Yeah, Malu and I have uh, combined two brain cells this evening. Yep. <laughs> one from But from faraway country, so, like, <laughs> we're having a tough connection here with the brain cells. <laughs> really <laughs> lagging a little bit. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> what about you, Katie um, Cat? Yeah, let's see. I would say, I think she or he, whatever they would they, be. It. It's, yeah. Um, I think they would... They would be very sarcastic. I think they would match me very well. I have I have actually written a short film and filmed it twice, actually, um, that is based off of It's a Wonderful Life. I introduced it in the beginning. It's basically like a, a girl going through a not a great time, shuts off the movie, and uh, her guardian angel comes and well she's she finds her guardian angel digging through her snack cabinet in the middle of the Mm -hmm. night and they have a very sarcastic but deep conversation about all of her issues so i would say that because i i wrote a guardian angel i definitely wrote it out of out of what mine would be which is the sarcastic food loving person angel who calls me out on my shit very very bluntly Mm -hmm. And it's like, so, want to wanna talk about that? And I'd be like, mm, not really. And they'd be like, well, you're a mess. <laughs> yeah, and then they'd force me to unpack that. That that would be that. And then at the end, they would be very loving and be like, listen, I got you. I love you. I'm check- mm-hmm. I'm watching I'm watching over you. And I'd be like, thank you. I need it. I love that. That's sad. Thank you. 
That's Thank a very you. Sweet answer. Thank you. And on that note, I actually want to change my answer real quick. <laughs> now that I've heard your answer, it's not even to like make it deeper because yours was like a really nice answer, like legitimately just like a cool answer. Oh, um, thank you. I appreciate that. But while you were describing this guardian angel of yours, which sounds really cool, he sounds they sound like a swell angel. I agree. I realized that my 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 actually my little uh, guardian angel. It's a combination mm-hmm. of my, I would say, three favorite like stand-up comedians. Oh yeah, give it to me. So John Mulaney, mm-hmm. I love my man. <laughs> He's good. Um, good Irish Catholic boy. <laughs> Daniel Floss, <laughs> I adore him. He's hilarious. Okay. Actually, like he's he's Irish. Yeah, am I incorrect? I haven't watched him. Well, he's funny. He's- <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good defense. Yeah, he's. He's funny. Yeah, like he's funny, I, yeah. You know, comedian, whatever. <laughs> he's really funny, but he also goes, like, really deep into, like, real-life issues, so sometimes his shows will get really, like, depressing. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, like, how did uh, we get here? You're Scottish. He's Scottish, around? not Irish. He's If he knew me, he would hate me. He's Scottish, not Irish. Scottish. I knew yeah, I wasn't I can't correct. Do a Scottish accent. And so then last... I'm not even going to try. <laughs> and then last but not least... A woman who gets me laughing every single time I watch the same fucking special over and over again on Netflix. Oh, yeah. She's this Say Mexican it. comedian. Her name is Sofia Nino Rivera. And she she's fucking... She gets me every time. Like, I quote her daily with my mom. <laughs> and a combination of those three, which essentially is, like, a very much, like, super overtly nice person. John Mulaney. Right. A very much, like, fuck-off sort of person. Daniel Sloss. Okay. <laughs> In a funny okay. way. And then, like, a super, just, like, everybody's so fucking stupid. It's incredible. We're all still alive. Sofia Niño Rivera. And it's just all Amazing. of them together. I like, you know what? I could see that for you. I Me really too. could. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was adorable. Very good. Good answers all around. Ooh, I love can get it. A little, can we was- get a little holiday clap? Holiday clap, please, Gabe. <laughs> All right, so Mallory, would you like to introduce It's a Wonderful Life or White Christmas? Oh, I would most definitely love introducing It's a Wonderful Life. I, I do have a please. soft spot for my man Capra. Me too, me too. Take it away, take it away. Okay, guys, so hello there. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. It's a 1946 Christmas, just absolute classic. It's one of those films that like people will watch over and over again during the holiday seasons. It was directed by Mr. Frank Capra, and it was also written by Frank Capra with the help of Francis Goodridge and Albert Hackett and, you know, a few other people, but we're keeping it to those, you know, dudes. Essentially, in the film, after George Bailey wishes he had never been born, an angel is sent to Earth to make George's wishes come true. George starts to realize how many lives he has changed and impacted, and how they would be different if he was never there. The movie stars James Stewart as George Bailey and... Henry Travers. Yay! But who does Henry Travers play? That was so play? smooth. He is the guardian angel. Oh, he's Clarence? Yeah. My name Clarence? Yeah, man. Also, I just want to quickly say Clarence. that. <laughs> My man? I love Clarence. Also, quickly want to say that Clarence. in this movie, there is also... Um, um, wait, I'm trying to look up her name so I don't say it wrong. Because I could get confused and I don't want to. Donna Reed, who plays Mary... She's um, my man George James Stewart's uh, wife in the in the film, and she's fucking fantastic. And I just wanted to add her because she's she pretty is cool. she is very fantastic. Go Mary! I appreciate her. 
Yeah, we'll talk about Mary in the alternate universe then as well. I'd like to bring that up. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, so the other one, this White Christmas, Christmas, which I I grew up with like my grandparents always telling me how great White Christmas is and really hyping it up. And then I finally watched it and I'm like, yikes. Classic <laughs> Not and insanely boring. But <laughs> here it is, everybody. It is a 1954 musical rom-com directed by Michael Curtis. Mm-hmm. Curtis. That's a weird. Curtis. He's the dude who okay. directed um, Casablanco. Oh, that makes guy. sense. <laughs> that guy. Oh, that guy. Oh, all right. And written by Norman Krasna. Norman Panama. Hey. hey, hey. Gang, gang. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> and Melvin Frank. Starring Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Allen. Ellen. Vera Vera Ellen. This film is about singers Bob Wallace and Phil Davis join sister act Betty and Judy Haynes to perform a Christmas show in rural Vermont. Oh, I'm going to continue this using the accent if I can. <laughs> there, they they run into General Waverly, the boys' commander in World War II, who, they learn, is having financial difficulties. His quaint country inn is failing. So, what's the foursome do but plan a Yuletide miracle? A fun-filled musical extravaganza that's sure to put Waverly in his business in the spotlight again. I really like how you oh. ironically use the phrase fun-filled. Like something I, happened in this movie Malu, that was fun. First of all, that wasn't my best accent. <laughs> Second of all, fun-filled. I, If you don't know me by now, Malu, I copy and pasted this <laughs> from the internet. <laughs> I will give the internet credit. There is a few scenes that did make me cackle. And by a few, I mean exclusively when Bob Wallace and Phil Davis have to stand in for uh, the Haynes sisters and they wear <laughs> yeah. the blue outfits, but like for some reason they roll up their pants sleeves like that helped they, in any way they, make the assumption right? that they were women. It just, I guess because it, they were showing legs. I mean, they were yeah, showing guessing, the same amount of legs. But it I looked guess. so ridiculous. It made me cry. Like it made me laugh. So like <laughs> if there's a part in the movie where I have to admit I did laugh a lot, it was that and then any line by Phil Davis or Judy. Both of them made me That's laugh. That's fair. That's fair. I agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, they were good. All right, so let's get in. Let's get down and dirty in the business of this. These movies. There's a lot of um, dirt. I I think I want to do all the bad shit first. I think we should. Let's just yeah. get everything out on the table that did not age. That is all just bad. Well, first and foremost, White Christmas six the fucking cake for films that just did not age well. And have the nope. name and have the word white in their name for more than one reason. <laughs> like, they're not referring to the snow that's not in fucking Vermont, if you know what yeah, I mean. <laughs> because Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. They're not <laughs> That was really smooth, Mallory. That was a I really good you. joke. Wow. It's just okay, so we're just gonna dive right into it. Go. Go, give me the so, points, give me the points, give me the points. Class, if you watch the movie, and honestly, if you did, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a whole number in the film about a minstrel show. And if you, for some reason, are not familiar with what minstrel shows are, it's essentially a type racism. of... Racism! Yeah, it's essentially racism. There were these shows that were put on stage back in... Ooh, let me get a proper date so that I don't say this wrong, because I do want to talk about this as, you know, as historically correct as i can this this movie just has racism and sexism all <laughs> left over the place. and right 
Oh, yeah, we'll get to the sexism in a minute because, ah, uh, yikes, is it also there? Where is this? Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm they really- were mainly developed in the 19th century. Thank you, Wikipedia. I'll read the actual Wikipedia entry just so I don't get anything wrong. No, I'm not Do that it. Wikipedia has all the information in the world, but it covers <laughs> the basics. So each show consisted of comic skits, variety acts, dancing and music performances that depicted people specifically of African descent. The shows were performed by mostly white people in makeup, which it wasn't makeup, it was blackface, let's call it what it is, for the purpose of playing the role of black people. There were also some African-American performers and black-only minstrel groups that formed and toured. Minstrel shows lampooned black people as dim-witted, lazy, buffoonish, superstitious, and happy-go-lucky. All of which were harmful stereotypes that helped a lot of people be racist against black people by thinking, oh, this is totally normal for me to talk about them this way because the show I'm watching shows me that that's how I can talk about them, which is fucking horrible. And then this movie, White Christmas, has a whole scene, a whole dance number, if you remember, where they come up with like the red and green, you know, outfits, except for Judy, who's wearing this gorgeous, like white bedazzled thing. And they do a song called The Minstrel Show in which they reference characters who used to be featured in minstrel shows like Mr. Bones, all the while talking about how much they want to see a minstrel show, how much they would gift to see one and to laugh with it, blah, blah, blah. But more importantly, all the while never mentioning the racism or the blackface that was done in minstrel shows. So essentially the movie took this thing, made it into something fun and said, racism in this? No, never, of course not. And just pretended like nothing happened there. Which is even worse when you consider the fact that Bing Crosby was a comedic actor known for also doing blackface. Great. So Just that, great. Yeah. There's, uh, there's no getting out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was watching it and I, I heard it. I heard they said, I, I read Minstrel Show and I was like, there is no way they're about to do blackface on this movie. And then they didn't. <laughs> but I was like, I looked up Minstrel Show again because I was 100% sure that it was fully just like, you know, racist depictions of African-Americans. But I was like, I have to check just in case. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a deeper meaning to minstrel shows that I'm just not aware of. There isn't. It was always just the racist shit. And this movie just does it like it's nothing. Like they're singing a normal song and just there's no bad connotations to it. It was nothing at the time, I think, still in 54, 3, maybe. I I don't know if anyone brought it up by then. There was still racism, but there weren't any minstrel shows. Okay, that's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, okay, so so wait. Okay, I'm I'm caught up now. So minstrel shows ended back in... I mean, I don't know when they ended, per se, because, like, you know, people still do blackface. And, you know, movies at the time did blackface. Like, you know... Yeah, that's what I mean, though. Oh, okay, that's what you mean. Yeah, okay, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean, because, like, when they're saying, like, that, they're like, okay, it's of the times. This isn't... It wasn't abnormal yet. It wasn't called out yet. You're Um, correct. I misunderstood what we were saying. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, Remember, two brain cells here combined. (laughs) Uh, Working hard. Yeah, it was absolute garbage. I also was like, uh, because I I forgot the name of what those shows were called. I I forgot the minstrel minstrel name. And I was also half paying attention by this point in the movie. (laughs) And (laughs) my eyes looked up when I saw like the the, what they were holding. The background was hold. They were holding these cardboard cutouts or some shit. Yeah, the faces. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, their faces. And I was like, mm, that looks a little racy. I don't know if I like that. It was very and weird. It, it was weird. It just caught, it caught my eye and I was like, wait a minute. Is this? <gasps> and it connected. Racism? And I was like, oh, so this yeah. is racism. 
<laughs> All right, White Christmas. White Christmas so we... coming at its name a little too hard. Yeah. No. So, yeah, that was that. And Also, it, the Wikipedia whole... entry for it says that in the background you see people dressed up as, like, like they're dressed, like the women have... Okay, I'm gonna again. I'm gonna just read it so that I don't get it do wrong. Do it. Do it. Read it for the, the costumes. People. The costumes in the number are also made to look like watermelons, complete with seats on the women's sequined bodysuits. What? Yeah, I didn't see it because my my like Wi-Fi was shit, so like I was seeing pixels by that point. But yeah, that was a common racist trope after the Civil War, and. Yeah, and then, like, the actual lyrics of the song were all so bad. Like, the one that Wikipedia put up was, I'd pawn my overcoat and vest to see a minstrel show, which, mo- and this essentially just, like, assumed that, you know, people would do anything to watch them and just assumed a certain level of poverty for people who were watching and participating in minstrel shows. All all, all around bad. But to me, the worst <laughs> thing is just the fact that they try to erase the negative connotation and make it into yeah. a, a happy-go-lucky musical number. And it's like, you can't use mm-hmm. that word. And just completely take away from it the fact that there is so much, like, it's based and rooted on racism against, you know, African-Americans, like, you can't, black people. And you can't just do that and be like, yeah, this totally is a just a happy song that we can sing. Ooh-hoo-hoo. I was going to say, they just sing all the fucking songs in this. They sing about weird shit. All the songs, they're all about something just weird, like random. And I think that's really how a lot of the 50 songs were made, specifically in musicals, I've found. And I really love old musicals. Like, don't, like, uh, Singing in the Rain is so good. Singing in the Rain is the gold standard. Because that that movie is good and the songs make sense. (laughs) Yeah, and and I love old, like, I love classic musicals. I really do. But um, they do, specifically in this movie, sing about weird shit. Like, why was there a whole ass song about snow that was so unnecessary? I this mean, was, no was, it was, yeah. And there was, ooh, so where's my bathing suit? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> and then the fucking minstrel show, like, who sings about that? You know? Like, nobody, nobody did. That was so unnecessary. All of the songs that they sang except White Christmas, which unfortunately happened in the first five minutes of the film. You know, it's just really (laughs) disappointing. You would hope that that song happened like at the end of the movie to force you to watch everything else. But honestly, guys, if you haven't. Yeah, but it's not like. It's their big. No, they sing a different song. White Christmas? Yeah. No, they sing another song, don't they? (laughs) You keep talking, I'll look it up. (laughs) Okay. Well, regardless of whether they also ended with it or not, the Bing Crosby is the most, that that first scene is the most famous scene of the movie. And if you haven't seen it, guys, just watch that first scene if you want to, or you could just listen to the song. But if you want the movie context, just watch that scene and that's it. Don't, don't, don't bother with the rest of it. But guess what? They all, they all end up together as (laughs) the writers proposed they should. Because... Why shouldn't two dudes just, you know, agree to to date sisters who do the same business that they do? And then it just, they all fall in love and it works out. I'm very confused with that. I'm going to pick this bone right now. I don't understand why, and this may be because I have paid attention since I was bored, but why did they, they faked their engagement and then at the end when the two got to get the other two bob and whatever his name is if that's even his name (laughs) bing crosby and whoever the fuck once they oh it's a bob and betty fucking disgusting (laughs) 
Oh, my God, the two classic names. Anyway, once Bob and Betty were, like, you know, by the tree singing, and they got the present, and they smooched. Yeah. Uh, fucking Phil and Judy come over, and Phil's like, ha, I'll join you on that one or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kiss, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, I thought you guys... I thought you guys weren't actually tight. I thought this was all a scheme that you already admitted to. Where did this smooch come from? Yeah. Did I miss something, Malu? Yeah, or is that actually the film? I didn't. That's actually the Great. film. Like, that's oh, thing, like, dear. Judy, because, like, okay, Phil is openly into Judy. Everybody knows that he's into her from, like, a physical standpoint. Yes, Judy day one. Judy is openly into Phil in seemingly every aspect because they hang out a lot. And he's, like, decent looking. And so she's, like... Good enough for me. Why was he freaking out about faking the engagement then? Because apparently he's like a commitment freak. Which, like, I think it was really, like, that. again, Phil to me was a really funny character, as was Judy. Like, a movie about them is something I would have enjoyed very much. Yeah, um, that's true. But, so essentially what he says is, like, and it's my only favorite line in the movie, I think. He goes, she goes, like, what's your deal? And he goes, like... I love like I'm I'm totally fine with setting other people up, but as soon as it comes to me, and I'm absolutely terrified. And I was like, that is so, like the way he says it, it was just really on a relatable sort of level. And I was like, wow, that's funny. Um, <laughs> but then it doesn't make sense. Phil and I on the same wavelength. Yeah, but like it doesn't make sense because the whole point is that he's he has like commitment issues, and Judy's like fully into right. him. And then, like, there wasn't any, like, fall into it where, like, he was okay with being with her and she was finally having, like, her affections reciprocated. It just kind of, like, they kiss and we never talk about what happened in the middle. Yeah. That was fucking weird, right? essentially this movie. Like, honestly, if somebody told me to tell them what happens in this movie, I would not tell them about the quote-unquote conflict because, let's be honest, that was not conflict that happens in the middle of it. I don't I also did I miss the conflict I feel like I missed it the conflict and again air quotes around that fucking word because really just no conflict yeah what happened with Bob and Betty what what was their conflict the conflict is that the phone call yeah the phone call so Betty thinks because somebody told her she didn't even listen to the phone call Betty thinks (laughs) that Bob is gonna get a tv network to come down to Vermont without snow to um <laughs> to film the show that they're putting up for Waverly's like you know in and out of that Bob and Phil are gonna get like publicity and money for their act and then oh let's see what is it Betty thinks that Bob is also going to make Waverly like wear a Santa suit or something and like be all <laughs> you know like what? use him essentially as like a prop instead of like paying respect to him. And so Betty's like super upset because she's like, you know, she kind of realizes that he's not the man that she thought he was. Because what she seems to like about Bob is the fact that he's a selfish man and that he's very, very Mm. nice out of the goodness of his own heart. Which like, no, he's very, very nice because his friend pushes him to for girls. Yeah, literally. That's it. Yeah, Like, I'm not saying that he's like a mean character, but like, you know, he's not that fucking like, you know, you want to see somebody nice fucking George Bailey is nice. Yeah, George <laughs> Bailey out here. George Bailey's a fucking winning. angel. Point is, Betty's really upset because she's like, oh, you're not the man I thought you were. But instead of actually talking to him and saying that, and essentially just saying, you're not the man I thought you were because of this and this and this, she just completely ices him out, doesn't talk about it. So the conflict is Passive-aggressive bitch. 
Yeah, but like then that's the thing. Like the conflict isn't even the misunderstanding. The conflict is the fact that nobody's talking about the misunderstanding, which means that it's an unspoken misunderstanding. So it'll stay a misunderstanding until a third party speaks out about it. All right. So it was that's as complicated it. as I thought it was, and in also a very non-happening way. Cool, 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 cool. It's such so a now I can move on from conflict. that. It's so stupid. That was really dumb. Anyway, yeah. and then All there's right. sexism. I was gonna say, Malu, it's time for us to fucking let's stand up for women, baby. Oh, dear God. Let's talk. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on my own little yeah, rant, please, real quick. And I want you to I want you to focus on White Christmas more so because I because I have paid attention for so much of the time. I think you have better like actual moments to be like to back it up. We're not even talking First about of all, what you, it's a wonderful life. We're just bashing White Christmas. And I know. Dead. Wait, I do have something. I'm gonna start with it's a wonderful life. And I mean, yeah, I, sure. I, so here, listen, this is the two sides of this, and I, I, and I do fall on the ladder. So first of all, people mm. kind of shit on, and it does bother me a little bit, of how, like, naturally, if George Bailey didn't meet his wife, she would meet no one else and be an old spinster. Oh, never even thought Which, of that. But here's the thing, Malu, here's the thing, here's the thing. Yeah. This whole film is supposed to be about the guardian angel saving George's life by showing him how much he means to people. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, the whole story revolves around George. And so why, like if he saw the reality of the truth really, and, and which is his wife finding another man who she can be equally in love with and have kids with him and a family. Wouldn't that just make him want to kill himself? Like, uh, also, like, wouldn't that add to it? That wouldn't help the fact. It wouldn't be like, oh, see, she moved on. She's totally fine without me. The world doesn't need me. When the whole point of the movie is saying, look, the world needs you, George. For some reason. For some reason, George affected his whole community. So, (laughs) I mean, the other thing is, like, for me personally, one of the reasons why I really like George Bailey and Mary is because, like, they're always put up to be soulmates like from the beginning their story is told as like there's no one else for the other you know like violet yeah. would never Which been is somebody cute. that george would have ended up with and right, right, mary right. literally as a kid goes you know like george bailey i'll love you forever until the day i die no, I know. and when they so see each cute. other in the dance it's super like this moment of just like you know like they like they just see each other and it's a very magical moment so i'll actually make the argument that if the movie was about mary which i would pay big bucks to see hell yeah because <laughs> she's I, I feel like she's really cool especially when she does the honeymoon thing like that's just the fucking sweetest thing it makes me tear up every time i watch that scene but if the movie was about mary i feel like if she was looking at her life if she hadn't been born they would give george bailey the same treatment as they give mary yes. in the sense of like he would be alone and demented yep 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 <laughs> demented i mean like he would be he yes. would probably be like alone and grumpy and she'd see mm-hmm. it and she'd be like, oh, my poor fucking George. You know, he's not happy-go-lucky as he should be. And they call me happy-go-lucky-go. <laughs> Princess okay. Diaries? Yeah? So, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so I definitely, like, fully see the validity in the original claim that you made of just, like, you know. Yeah, right? Of course, I know. this woman mm-hmm. can't have, have fine love outside of the main character. But at the same time... I, w- I want to believe that Frank Capra was more of the guy who just believed in soulmates. So he was like, oh, of course. Yeah. She would yep, never yep, be yep, happy yep, yep. with anybody else as much as he would never be happy with anybody else. 
Mm-hmm. So, frankly, that is my only point with that. And <laughs> I really frankly, like the movie. Yeah. Frankly, that is it. I frankly, mean, I, I frank, mean, a whole, fr- frankly, Frank Capra. <laughs> I wrote a whole short based on the idea of this movie. So, yeah. I mean, frankly, if that doesn't say what my opinion is, I don't know what does. <laughs> it's a per- it's a it's a wonderful movie because it's a wonderful hey. life. Hey. Hey. Anyways, anyways, um, back to the sexism. I'm gonna open you a wanna store op- for Frankie. I'm sorry. You wanna open the store first? I'm gonna open a store called Frankly Frank Capra. Okay, do it. That's I'll it. give you, you some money keep for talking it. About sexism. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, back to White Christmas. Every woman looks the same, and it bothers me. <laughs> and I get it. I know it's the film industry in 1954, and they all have to be tall, and they all have to have these extremely like. Nobody can have these bodies except these women, and they all look unhealthy, and they all need a burger, okay? <laughs> they all need a fat, juicy burger, and uh, that's it. That's that's that. And they're, I get it, like, because they're all dancers to some degree, and so I know that that's, like, the dancer body, like, the, the not, okay, no. It's a traditional-looking dancer body, but it's only traditional yeah. because of these kind of movies, so it's, like, <laughs> and the Rockettes. So, yeah. um, it bothered me. I hated, I looked at the screen and everyone was white and tall and skinny. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? But I get it. I, it's so, nothing made me feel like I lived more in 2020 than I did in this, watching this movie. And I was like, God, thank God I live now. I really did. I was like, wow, I'm really glad to live in a time where people aren't watching this movie and don't think that that's whack, you know? <laughs> sure. I'm glad I live in a time where we can all recognize that. So this is a very small point, but the only reason that the guys meet the girls is because uh, someone wanted the boys to give them some pointers on their acts. Like, why are why are the dudes just so good that they need to help out the women? Why do they need help? But also, well, I mean, the that. characters... Yeah, they did. So, yeah. I, I can't... That's not really back up, which is why I wanted <laughs> you to take over for the rest of the moments. Because I, I fe- while I watched it, I felt fire in me, but I didn't have the brain cells to, like, write down why, so I need you to back up my fire. <laughs> I felt the fire of feminism, but I didn't know where exactly it lay. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my biggest moment of just, like, what the fuck in the hell of fucking misogynistic narrative is this? Was very yep. early on in the movie, which is when I texted, I texted Katie, like, oh, shit, already not liking the portrayal of ambitious women in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because of something... So, if you guys are familiar with the film White Christmas, at the very beginning, right after the scenes in the war, you get to see our boy Bob with Phil Chaboy in their dressing room. Bob. And essentially, Phil is just telling Bob, like, you need to, you know, get a lady because getting a girl is the most important thing in the world. And it's like, okay, dude, calm down. You have, like, a whole career. Getting laid is the (laughs) best thing in the world, Bob. Like, can you just fucking try? Yeah. Also, just, like, as a small side note outside of the feminist talk and uh, the sexism talk, as soon as the movie started, I was like, are they? Could they be a couple? Because I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I'm just saying, like, as 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 much as like the as before the ladies were introduced, I could have totally believed that Phil and Bob had something going on. I they just, should I, have had something. I got going. The Let's rewrite. As soon as they walked in, I was like, that's that's a I weird agree. type of relationship that goes beyond just like oh, we work together. <laughs> ha! 
No, I totally agree. I, I, I saw the same thing, and it I is, think we should rewrite yeah. White Christmas to make it everybody's Christmas. It's totally possible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's name it that, please. I love that, yes. We're going to um, include everything that they didn't. Woo! And exclude everything that they should have excluded. Ex- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but essentially, in this scene, where Phil is saying, like, dude, you got to get a woman, a female, if you will. Bob brings up the point that he's happy by himself because he's the marrying kind of guy. He wants to have marriage and a family. And he's like, I can't find a woman. And, you know, he's he's essentially saying, like, Phil, I can't be with any woman that you're introducing me to because you always introduce me to women in our business, essentially, you know, show business. And he says that the women in show business are so full of their own career and are so ambitious and, like, goal-oriented in the sense of, like, their career and their work that they can't spare a thought for family life and for being married and having kids. They can only have one thing. Exactly. Aren't you caught up yet? Oh, my God. And I was just like, that is... I was like, that is so stupidly sexist for for several reasons, but two big ones. First of all, he's essentially, in a way, kind of talking down about the women who are ambitious about their work essentially saying that they're not the ideal woman because it's like oh you know these women are just so caught up in their work that you can't even fucking approach them because all they think about (laughs) is their fucking work Um, that's exactly what it is scaring women it's like shut the fuck up dude you don't you don't stop working 24 7 shut up back then they did it's so fucking it's so it literally is so fucking stupid and then point number two (laughs) Just the assumption that a woman is a one-dimensional character who can only do one thing. The thing of like, oh, she used to be like very much like, you know, successful at her work, but now she's married and has a family. So of course, naturally, she'll leave work and just leave her entire career behind that she's built throughout the years because a woman can only do one thing because we don't multitask every fucking day. And I just... I'm so I was so angered by and it. I, just, I was like, the levels of sexism in that statement are so stupid. Yep. Yeah, they I really are. I and, that's, it. and that's the tea. And I hate that the Thank movie you. didn't prove the like the movie didn't prove that wrong. Like it wasn't like, oh, but he's an no, it didn't. character. Of course it went it went it right with it. it like as no. soon as Judy and Phil quote unquote are engaged, because it's a fake engagement, but as soon as they're engaged the first thing that Judy says is like, oh, we have to break up the act. And it's like, what do you mean you have to break up the act with your sister? Like, no one said that. <laughs> Phil's not breaking up his fucking act. Why are you breaking up your act that you've worked so hard with your sister? Right? I know. It's, it's so, so fucking... And nobody said shit. Like, see, everybody was just okay with it. And I was like, really? See, okay, thank you. See, this is exactly what I meant when I introduced you to please talk about this. Because this is everything <laughs> that happened in my subconscious. And now that you're putting words to it, it's... I swear to God, these are my thoughts that I just didn't put words to. So beautiful, beautifully done. So fucking stupid. Pisses me off. God. God. Doesn't it suck that this is exactly just what life was for women until like, oh my God, not fucking long ago. 30 years, maybe. No, I think sooner. It it was pretty tough. It's still prevalent. I still hear people who are like, oh. But but real changes, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Now is a time when it's, like, actively changing, but it was, like, a little bit here and there. It was working on it through the late 90s. 
Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things time. is that question that they make for like women, especially in like the industry, where it's like, how do you balance having a personal life and a job? And it's like, and like they're everybody like, you know, I do it. Else. Yeah, yeah Stop, right? Stop so Natalie Portman for being one of the actresses who like called out the uh, reporter who asked her that. She was like, are you going to ask that to the man who are also coming here? And the reporter was like, yes. And she was like, good. I bet he didn't. Did he? I bet he didn't. I don't know if I don't know if the reporter was a woman or a man, but I don't know if they did. But they did say it, and Natalie Portman just like responded in the best way possible because she was like, I "Love that." She was fired up by the fact that she was being asked this question, so of course she was a little frustrated. And she was like, "Are you gonna be asking that?" And then the reporter was like, "Yep," and she was like, "Good, <laughs> yep. do it." Well, every every director roundtable that I listen to and slash watch on YouTube. Um, with the female directors, the first thing that they're ever, the first two things that they always ask them are, oh, you know, how bad is it to be a woman in the industry? And two, like, uh, how do you balance having a family? And they're like, why don't they ever ask men these questions? Why do we keep getting asked these? Like, ask us the actual, like, other questions. Like, this isn't the, like, yes, this is something to talk about. But you're not going to ask anybody else. You're not going to ask anyone else, why do you treat women this way? What's going Mm -hmm. on? Is it shaping up? Hey, how's your family? Are you balancing life okay? They don't (laughs) ask anyone else. God. Anyway. Um, back it's to the movies. It's a good question too. Like, sorry, but it's, just, it's a good. It's an interesting question for people who work they in the are. industry, who's like, work yeah. is their life. It's yes. like, how do you do it? How do you have your art life and then also your like family life, and how do you keep those separate? It's a fantastic question. The it issue is. is the connotation that goes with like it's only for the women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should ask everybody that because everyone has a personal life that they need to balance. Exactly. Oh, I can't wait to have my life be my work and vice versa. Damn. Work be my life. I just <laughs> I want that. I want to force. I want to be challenged by the balance. You know, yeah. I really want that. <gasps> Baby. Oh, so yeah. poetic. Artistry. I want to be challenged by the balance. Jesus. Thank you. That's me. I'm a poet. <laughs> Mala, write a song with me. Sure. All right. Perfect. We'll we'll do it right after this. You Any what final... Th- Ooh, what? Ask me. I was about to say, you know what I want to write a song about? What? George Bailey, because he's the nicest dude in the fucking planet, and I will die dude. on that hill. Dude. He really is. He's great. I yeah, here's my thing about both of these movies. While they're Christmas movies because they happen at Christmas. I was I was like thinking these are like my thoughts right now. I'm like what does Christmas actually have to do with these movies cuz they don't really have anything to do with them. But yeah. then I was like, well is it better or worse that the holiday doesn't play a huge part? And then I was like, well I think it's better because it brings the idea of Christmas out, aka hope and humanity and all that mm-hmm. and all that good stuff, without focusing too much on the holiday. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which I really like because you can kind of watch these any time of year, but you watch them more so around this year. Mm-hmm. And I just like that, like you know, you you kind of I know you I you would like to talk about this maybe a little bit then. Um, but both movies have just very unprompted kindness throughout them, both of yeah. them, even White Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I like that, like, like while that idea does circle Christmas time the most and the holiday, just the holiday season the most with that, everyone thinks like, oh, I should be nice during the holidays. Mm. Um, you know, it should happen all year round. But I like that they both, like, that's that's 
that's why they're Christmas movies is because of those aspects and not about anything. I guess it kind of goes hand in hand, though. Maybe I'm just talking myself in a circle. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you can clean it up for me. Go ahead, Mallory. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree that like that's the sort of unifying aspect of the two movies is different as they are and they are different. You know, they both feature characters and people and just like very out of the way acts of kindness. And they mix and it makes it really special. I totally agree with what you're saying. Like it really isn't about like, oh, I'm gonna be nice because it's the holidays. It's more like the holiday spirit and the idea of the holidays usually tied together with like be kind to each other, be nice to people, do things out of the goodness of your heart without like, you know, as they say in White Christmas, um, an angle. <laughs> and why like yeah, I mean, that's that's such a, what it is. And, like, I think that White Christmas has, like, because it does have, like, one central goal, which is, you know, do something nice for Waverly, it usually stays centered on that. What's so beautiful about It's a Wonderful Life is the resilience of continuous kind, kind actions from George Bailey, despite the fact that they keep interfering with his real life, which is just such a fantastic, like, such a wonderful way of building a hero in fact, that's kind of the way that Stan Lee went about creating Spider-Man when he was creating the original like really? comic book Peter Parker. I mean, it wasn't like based off this movie or anything of the sort, but like it was definitely based around the idea of like what's more human than the idea of, you know, trying to be the better person, trying to be a good guy and or a good per just, you know, a good person and doing the right thing despite the fact that the world and life just isn't doing the right thing for you. So, you know, Peter Parker, Spider-Man is very much that. He's a character who, like, things constantly go wrong for him. And everything's very unfair, like, you know, from his family life, you know, being a very, like, broken family, from, like, his monetary broken. issues. It's all, yeah. you know, it's all horrible. He says love life is a fucking mess. But, you know, he still decides to be kind. He still decides to be friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And there's a lot of meaning to that in the same way that George Bailey has his life planned out. George Bailey has all these things that he wishes he could accomplish, but he chooses to be kind. He chooses to keep helping his community and he chooses to keep helping even when given the opportunity to step out because he knows that it's the right thing and it hurts him so much that he keeps giving up like his dream life. Mm -hmm. But he knows that it's the right thing and he knows that he would never be able to sleep with himself or just like you know live with himself knowing that he didn't do the right thing so it's it is definitely that idea of like unprompted acts of kindness and how they reach a sort of climax in humanity around the time of holidays where you just really feel like that's you can feel that in the air where like it's not just one person being kind like everybody tries to be kind yeah. um which you know is essentially the fucking plot of it's a wonderful life <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's true yes that's the plot is everybody coming together at the end which, like, if that doesn't make that. you cry, I don't know what will. Like, it's just... I know. Uh, everybody coming in to give George Bailey shit. Hmm. It's so... Like, even the bank auditor is like, here you go. He gives him money. I was like, oh, my God. Damn. You nice, nice man. Damn. Yeah. I... You can't... I don't... I, I, you said everything for me. So, so It's beautiful. I love that movie. And um, I just... I, I, I also really like it. It's almost like... It's almost like they touch on mental health and a time Ooh. where yeah. they didn't believe in mental health yet. <laughs> and I, I kind of like that. So it's not really mental health. It's really like, hey, look, you're important. But that that can go into it, you know? 
I mean, it's perspective and it's the idea of, and I'm yeah. actually, I'm, I'm, I'm about to pull from a show that I recently finished the new season of. Pop off. Big Mouth. I'm a big Big Mouth fan. I will not. Oh, did that I did it's... not expect that at all. Oh, so good. So good. And like, they really like developed the emotions and the sort of like human sincerity of the show throughout the seasons. Like they've really like gone from Joss comedy about relatable stuff that, you know, teenagers went through to like actual like mental health stuff it's very like you know in this past wow. few seasons a few good characters deal That's with depression good. and anxiety great yeah and it's personified in a way that is still funny and fits the show's like mood but it's also serious enough that you understand the you know the message and so the way that some of the characters and the majority of the characters deal with their anxiety and their depression is through this character called um the oh my god it's the great it's a toad it's a little toad and it's okay. the um, the grateful the the grateful toad. I forgot the name. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Point is, this little toad is super grateful, and it's essentially it reminds the characters like remember all the things that you're grateful for, and you'll get some perspective in your life, and your anxieties, and your you know the things that are keeping you down will look smaller and smaller because you get some perspective on it, and that's essentially what Clarence does to George Bailey. In a way bigger scheme of like, what if you were never alive? Ooh. But it's essentially that of just like, think of all of the things that you're grateful for. Like, you're grateful for your wife. You're grateful yeah. for your children. You're grateful for the people in this town who managed to be more thanks to your help. And, right. you know, it, it is that that you're, you're talking about, like, dealing with those feelings of like, I don't matter. I'm insignificant. I could disappear and no one would care. By just like being able to reflect upon your life in a bigger scheme. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. You're completely correct. Yay. <laughs> love that. Do you have any final thoughts on these movies? I love The Frank holiday Capra. classics? I love Frank Capra. He's, he's my dude. That's good. That's it. That's it. That's all I have to say. I, I think he's really cool. <laughs> good. Okay. Oh, that sounds I, got, good. I, I got the name. It's the Gratitude. <laughs> the Gratitude. Oh, I like that. That's Isn't so smooth. That yeah, I know. It's very smooth. The um, I do... I do not have anything to sum up these. I think we hit everything. I like it. I don't like it. <laughs> no, that's about it. <laughs> I like it. I certainly don't like White Christmas. And yeah. And yes. <laughs> and with that, we cheers to the game. Malu, I'm going to ask you to not look at the document no, that we write in okay. because I already numbered things. Oh, no. So, everybody, we, Malu will be playing the Ellen Smithy game. Yay. Yeah, where, if you haven't picked up yet, it is a fun timed game where Malu has five minutes. She is the writer and director of this film. This is where Malu needs to make a blockbuster film with an a- three actors that she chooses that she doesn't know she chooses. Oh my god. She needs to exactly. <laughs> she needs to choose a location and she needs to choose a what would you call it? Like a topic of the film, I guess? Genre. Genre. That's genre. fair. It is genre. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I made a very specific genre then, <laughs> so it's fine. No, I like it. Ah. Subgenres. Good. Yeah, they're very loose subgenres. So, with that, Malu. Oh, yes. wait. The whole part of the game. If she, if the five minutes <laughs> is up and she did not finish her film, then I, the producer, gets to 
Alan Smithy it, where I totally wreck it all up, and she has to put Alan Smithy on it, or her name. She can decide. So, Alan Smithy is, by the way, a fake name, so your own name doesn't go on a horrible piece of quote-unquote art. Essentially what they should have done with White Christmas. (laughs) Oops! I feel like audience of 1954, which was families and specifically the dads of families really like this movie. Anyway. (laughs) All right, Malu, these are the list of actors. Are you ready? Yes. They are Colin Firth, Angelina Jolie, Greta Gerwig, (gasps) Olivia Wilde, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles. (gasps) No, stop that. (laughs) Amelia Clark. Henry Golding, and Aquafina. What did you give me all of my favorites? I love everybody in that list I deeply know, and emotionally. Because I, I, want, I knew you were going through finals, and I knew that you needed something beautiful to think Why about. Why are you so sweet to me? Look because at these unprecedented act of kindness. I love you. That's this why. This is what Frank Capra writes about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, genres. Small town where everyone knows everyone. <laughs> And I kept yours from last time. Ensemble film. Yay. Which is like love, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one. <laughs> what is it? I love that one. Fake I don't know what Broadway it is. in the 50s. Fake Broadway, did you say? Yeah, fake Broadway in the 1950s. I call it fake Broadway because in my head, it, the, okay, specifically it is Broadway in the 1950s. Let's, let's call it that. But in my head, I only think of like these movies where you can clearly see the soundstage. So just... <laughs> So I want you to I want you to know that it it you're you're filming it on on the sound stage, but it's Pretending. actually broad. It's supposed to be Broadway. Okay, and it's cool. In the 50s. Cool, so, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It has to be in a sound stage. So essentially, <laughs> singing in the rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then locations is the Midwest. The, the Midwest. Uh huh. I hate you. <laughs> the Midwest. I kept you. I kept you. <laughs> I kept your Santa's crib in from last week. <laughs> Santa's crib. Or London. London. I wanted, I wanted, London. I, I wanted somewhere international. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, Malu, with that, pick three numbers between one and nine. I don't even want to think of picking Harry Styles. I don't think I can work with him because I would just be in awe all the time. Mm-hmm. Just like, wow, you're real. Fuck. Same with Florence mm-hmm. Pugh. <laughs> okay. I love Florence Pugh. She's fantastic. And okay, side note: follow her on Instagram because she has the best stories. I, shut up! I love her. You know what got me through quarantine was cooking with Flo. That's what yes! got me through quarantine. I love it when she says Jimmy Jams. <laughs> brings me such joy. That's because she's the best. I, yeah. I, she brings me joy on Flo. In her dance parties. Anyway, anyway, pick and pick three. Okay, I'm picking numbers. I'm picking numbers. Seven. Seven. Nine. Nine. One. One. Okay, great. All right. Uh, three. Uh, one number between one and three. Three. Great. I really hope and it's then... on the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then and then pick another one. Two. <laughs> no, no, it's Santa's crib. <laughs> ah! All right, Malu, your Santa's actors. <laughs> Starting with your actors, Harry Styles. <laughs> Yes! Oh my god! Amelia Clark. <gasps> and Greta and... Gerwig. Oh, <laughs> I will. 
I'll be retiring after doing that because I don't think I'll ever do something that'll make me happier. I'm, I am so happy about this. Holy shit! I'm like living through you right now. I'm well. I'm the producer, so I get to know all these people. You get to know all these people, anyways. We needed this. All right. I wouldn't feel equipped to direct Greta Gerwig. I would feel constantly like just imposter syndrome. Well, you are so. Yikes! That's what's happening. All right, your genre is small town where everyone knows everyone. Cool. And <laughs> I sort of fucking got him you in the goddamn fucking Midwest. <laughs> your location is the Midwest. <laughs> I don't even know what's in the Midwest. What's in the, like, Give me one like place in the Midwest. The mid the Midwest is like is like Indiana, Chicago. Oh okay, I know uh, Chicago. I know Michigan. I know Chicago. Uh, Iowa. Where 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 uh, the Midwest is like basically where you can grow things, a lot of things. Can I stick with Chicago? Sure. Oh, Kansas? Kansas. Like, you know, that whole area. If you look on a map. If I do Kansas, I will put Harry Styles in Wizard of Oz red ruby slippers. Great. (laughs) Alright, so... (laughs) Okay, give me a minute to... We said town where everybody knows each other, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go through it one more time. So you have uh, Wait, it's a question. small town where everyone knows everyone in the yeah. Midwest, uh, starring Greta Gerwig, Florence Pugh, or I'm sorry, Greta Gerwig, Harry Styles, and Amelia Clark. <laughs> I love Amelia Clark so much. I was even thinking of like working with Harry Styles. That'd be fucking insane. <laughs> I love every time okay. I say his name, you giggle. I just—he's so great. That's, <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into it. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get into it. Um. Cool. So does it have to be Christmas related? I'm. I'm I would love to. Yeah. Be Christmas related. Yeah. It definitely has to be Christmas related. And okay. let me pull up a timer here. Okay. Do I get a minute to like gather my thoughts? Yeah. Of course. Okay. Always. Okay. Did you She's restart? gathering. Did you start the uh, Gabe, can you please cue the gathering of <laughs> thoughts music? Christmas edition, please. I hope the thought. I hope the thoughts. Uh, sound effect is like a um. Hey, uh, what's that? Hold on. What's that game music called? Um. Oh, game. Make it like an '80s arcade music. It's just nice. sounds of an arcade in the '80s. But I'm thinking of what's that thing where you pull back the thing? There's a little ball, and you you, you ping it. What is know. wrong with my brain? Can I please have a moment to think? <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Let me just talk to myself. Don't listen okay. to me. <laughs> Take the headphone out. Oh my god. Um. Okay, I got it. All right, are you I ready? Got it. Yes. <clears throat> All right, Malu, I'm putting five minutes on the clock. Do it. Your five minutes starts now. Okay, so this takes place in the Midwest. I'm not gonna say where. It's a small town. Everybody knows each other. Essentially, it's gonna be a very like cheesy, very like lifetime movie sort of deal. So, Greta Gerwig, Harry Styles, and Amelia Clark all live in this little town. And Greta Gerwig is sort of like the heart and soul of the town. And she's just like, you know, she's been there forever. She's one of the people who's just like, she's lived there her whole life. She's kind of the glue of the community. Um, but suddenly, she gets an opportunity of like the work that she's been dreaming about for her entire life and she really really wants it but it's far away and she has to move it's actually in europe she has to move but she doesn't want to tell anybody because it's during the christmas season 
And the town takes the holiday super seriously and she doesn't want to bring every, anybody down, but she's leaving. Wrench. Come, oh my god, what, what, what? <laughs> um, all the trees around us have, oh wait, let me stop the clock. All the trees around us, around your set, have died and they can't, they don't have time or the money to ship in any Christmas trees. And so you have to go without Christmas trees. Can I fix it in post? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is your decision. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. And action. Okay, we'll add the trees in in post, and meanwhile, I'll film as far away from trees as possible. I'll film inside scenes. Um, so Greta Gerwig doesn't want to let anybody down because it's the holiday season, so she usually takes charge during the holiday season. So she doesn't tell anybody. But what she does start doing is that she starts doing like super, really cool, amazing, big acts of kindness for people. And so Harry Styles and Amelia Clark are two members of the community. Um, Amelia Clark is kind of like one of the grumpy members of the community. Like she likes where she I is, but she doesn't like acknowledging the fact that she likes it. But when she starts noticing that Greta Gerwig is doing all this nice shit, she's like, that's kind of weird. Like, I know you're nice and shit. I get it. But you're going a little too far. Harry Styles is just like the wise friend who's just like, He's just like so happy that she's being kind and he doesn't really think too much of it. And he's just kind of wise whenever Amelia Clark needs help. And so what eventually ends up happening is that Amelia Clark gets really close with Greta Gerwig and they actually start kind of like falling for each other. Um, even though Amelia <gasps> yes! Clark is super not into oh it at the beginning. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, so what starts happening is that Amelia Clark is just like, why are you being so nice? Like, what's going on? And Greta Gerwig is just like, just let me fucking be. And mm -hmm. Amelia Clark is all like, no, what the fuck is going on? And so she finds out that Greta Gerwig has to go to Europe for this job and it makes her really sad. This is kind of like the sad climactic point of the movie. They've been hanging out a lot lately. Uh, Harry Styles keeps telling her, like, this is good for you. Like, you're happier Wrench. and you're better. What? Um, Amelia Clark is allergic to mistletoe. Oh. So she cannot be in any scenes with a mistletoe. That's fine. I'll make a fake mistletoe wow. with paper mache. <laughs> All right. We'll do anything for Amelia Clark in this house. Exactly. I will, I will do anything for Amelia Clark. I'm also going to change something. Harry Styles is actually Amelia Clark's brother, their family, and he keeps okay. kind of helping her through this. I like he that. Knows, yeah. Yeah. Because so he I, knows that she's grumpy for like, you know, dumb reasons of like her just being like, uh, I'm kind Honestly, when you, when you mention their names, but you're not on the clock, so I'm not talking oh, on your time. You. But um, when you mention their names, I totally saw them as siblings. So I'm glad. I'm glad. They could totally be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're and siblings. Your time is going. Okay. So essentially, that's why Harry's so close to her. Um, and what he helps her so much through like the shit that she's going through. Um, and he starts realizing that his sister is falling for Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig sort of feels it as well. But there's this whole conflict once Amelia Clark finds out that Greta Gerwig is actually meant to be leaving in just like a week. And she's like, what the hell? Why didn't you tell anybody? Why didn't you tell me? So that's part of like a flicking point. And then Greta Gerwig's character starts going through this thing of like, do I really want to leave? Very similar to George Bailey, who wants to appreciate, yes? Greta Gerwig and Harry Styles got in a fight and they refused to be in a scene together from here on out. Oh, fuck, that's fine, that's fine. I can just, I'm not going to do a scene with them together. Mila Clark and Harry Styles are the only people who interact. Um, <laughs> and you're going. Gerwig. Yeah, okay. Two minutes so, on the clock. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Greta Gerwig has a very George Bailey moment where she realizes how much the town means to her and the fact that she didn't pursue her long-time like, dream career doesn't mean that she didn't actually find happiness. And so, by the end of the film, Christmas comes and she doesn't actually travel. 
um, her and Amelia Clark kiss under fake mistletoe, but they do it. And this is like the final big moment of the movie where we realize that Greta Gerwig didn't leave. They do mm -hmm. it because they didn't get to kiss at Christmas because that's when Amelia Clark finds out that Greta Gerwig is leaving. And so oh Greta Gerwig doesn't leave. So she shows up at Amelia Clark's like workplace or at the place where like they would meet. And she shows up with like fake mistletoe because Amelia Clark can kiss under real mistletoe. <laughs> and she's like, I feel like I owe you an apology and a kiss. And then they get together and there's, you know, the scene of them getting together and they spend like a post, a post December Christmas together. Harry Styles is there, but he's shot in separate scenes. We don't actually see him interact with Greta Gerwig. And that's Wrench. another movie. Oh. Oh. Wrench. What, um, what, what? Harry Styles is very upset. His character doesn't have more development in it, and he really thinks he's really passionate about this this yeah. brotherly role, and so he thinks he deserves uh, more of an arc, and that could either that could mean maybe falling in love for him. Uh, mm. What do you do? He's totally Your time correct. Time starts. <laughs> he's totally correct. One he's minute wild. left. His mind is just beyond me. So. Because he's Harry Styles and, you know, I respect him as a creator. I'll say yes. <laughs> and I'll add a storyline where every time that he has conversations with Amelia Clark about Greta Gerwig and about how they feel about each other, um, whenever Amelia Clark essentially leaves and leaves him by himself being like, oh, you're a side character, bye. Somebody else keeps coming to Harry and just being like, are you ever going to stop giving advice to somebody and just, you know, take your own fucking advice and do something for your own seconds. life? 30 um, seconds. And this person is essentially somebody that Harry ends up falling in love with by the end of the movie, and he realizes that that person was just being, like, you know, sending, like, indirect flirtatious things of, like, are you going to do something about me? Like, are you going to hit on me with your own advice, dude? And that's it. That's it. Another you have 10 movie. seconds. Happily ever after. That's it. That's the end of the movie. All right. All right. With eight seconds to spare. Woo! Malu, do you put your name on that movie? God, yeah. I would I would, I would put my name on the movie gladly. Happily. Good. I also I'm, am putting my name on the movie. I want to make <laughs> I, that movie. I produced it. I am there. Woo! Wow. Oh, Malu. I, round of applause. I really like that. That was good. I loved. I love that Amelia Clark and Greta Gerwig got together. That... I didn't even plan for it. It just felt right once I was taught. As soon as I gave Amelia Clark the role of like a grumpy citizen, when you said that, I immediately thought of Stevie from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> that matches Stevie. She like hates her town but loves it. She'll, yeah. She won't leave. Love she won't leave. it. Um, leave. As soon as I said that, honestly, I was like, oh my god, why did they fall in love? <laughs> Amazing. I'm a bitch for enemies to lovers, so I was like, oh, what if they <laughs> like each other? What everybody was waiting for. Oh, oh my wow. god, if this Harry right, Styles well, giving nice advice, I would die. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, I, I just write advice that I need to hear so that I could hear it from him. I'd be like, you're so wise, thank you. <laughs> and uh, for the rest of the night, Malu and I will be just daydreaming about Harry Styles, Greta Gerwig, and Olivia uh, and Amelia, uh, Clark. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Honestly, just so, picturing them now, they'd be like a super hot couple. That would, I know, I like, know. Like, Greta Gerwig and Amelia Clark, they would actually obliterate humanity. <laughs> it would have, yeah, I would be obliterated for sure, so. <laughs> I'm sorry, the power, the looks. Uh, don't shit. start, don't fucking start. I was in love with Daenerys. <laughs> I was in love with Daenerys. I think it, it was be. just her power. Because it wasn't Amelia Clark, like, trust me, like, I love Amelia power. Clark, but it was not the same level as her character. 
You mean when so, she um, burns the slave masters and we're she not gonna, makes Yeah, them? I loved that scene. That was amazing. That was the yeah. hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh-huh. When she's like, what's what's the name she's of like, the... She's like, and then, what's the No, but what's the uh, name of the, the troops and she was like, who I used to be slaves? you all. Who? What? Who, what's the name of the, the troops that used to be slaves that she has? The, um, uh, starts with a D. No, it doesn't. <laughs> hold on I don't know you, I don't remember it? Game of Thrones we'll talk about this end let's wrap this place up thank you for listening to our classics Ooh. episode and yeah. seeing Malu fucking kill that game bro if you want to see made that a... movie let me know I do I do I'll let you know Producers fantastic out stuff there, just hit me hit up. Us up was my idea I'm copywriting that shit copyrighted to AP film baby as always <laughs> <laughs> and with that everybody please follow us on Instagram please leave us a review on oh, yeah. Apple Podcasts oh, and oh. we will see you next Wednesday for Wednesday is Wednesday for holidays ooh, ooh. Ooh. Ah, ah, yeah that was really good let's write that song <laughs> oh, we just like creative our creative juices are just fucking flowing today we need to not hang up. Let's just pull another all-nighter. <laughs> yes! Yes! Goodbye! Goodbye! Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. Oh, this has taken a weird turn, but... Yep. Thank you for the Spanish. I'm sorry you guys had to listen to more than 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah! Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.